This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop, Seager! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Time once again for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Big win for the M's last night. They break out the sticks again, eight to one. They take out the Texas Rangers. We'll go in depth with that in just a moment. So, gain some ground. Not on Minnesota, who ended up winning a dramatic ball game late, but they do hop over a couple of teams and crawl closer. Now that the M's have won a couple in a row. Same New York, Minnesota. Minnesota now 76 and 69. They've won a couple in a row. The Angels, who won yesterday, two games back of Minnesota. The Mariners, three and a half back of Minnesota. Then you have Casey, Texas, four back. Baltimore, four and a half back. And Tampa now has fallen five back. So the Mariners right there, staring at a huge game today against the Texas Rangers. They can get this, they can get the series against Texas. Let's go through some of the big ones today that you'll want to keep your eyes on. So Baltimore will be in New York. Miley against Tanaka. That one's going to be at 4.05 first pitch. KC will be taking on the Cleveland Indians for four games. (laughs) That's not a recipe for success right now if you're trying to climb the ladder as the Indians. They just don't lose baseball games. Happy Felix Day. Felix Hernandez will take on Kashner. has been excellent for Texas this year. 5.05 first pitch. And then the Blue Jays will be in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Anderson will take the ball for the Blue Jays. 3-3 with a 5.90 ERA in Minnesota. And the Astros continue their series against the Angels tonight. Peacock against Nolasco. So those are the games to watch tonight as the Mariners... Well, desperately want to win again and trying to get some help with the Minnesota Twins who just continue. We've talked about their schedule, and they have taken advantage of that schedule so far. But for the Mariners, big night offensively, excellent pitching as well. As uh, It was a close game. It was nothing-nothing into the fifth inning as Mike Leak was excellent once again. The right-handers pitch. Swing and a miss for strike three. It takes all of three pitches and a beat of sweat. That's it for Leak to fan the dangerous, deadly batter Joey Gallo and his 37 home runs with the chin hanging down to his chest, walking back towards the Rangers' dugout. You nice to take a different, different tack today. You got out, got out quick and, and kept it there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Avoided that first inning this time. So. Um, 
I was just trying to try and pinpoint the ball a little bit better tonight and attack with fastball. Just fastballs early to establish kind of more pitches later. So. You joked about that after the last start that that had happened, but really, was there something a conscious decision you made to, to come out of the gates hard? Um, yeah, today, I mean, I was definitely okay. I gotta let's try, let's figure something out to try to avoid that first inning. Um, so I was just making sure that I was attacking when I needed to um, and kind of getting that little extra effort when I when I needed to. Mel likened it to a lot of times sticker ball pitchers need to find that rhythm. Um, once you find that rhythm, is, is the focus then just continue to maintain that every single inning? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you get a rhythm, you definitely – you keep it going as much as you can. You, you think of the hitters and you try to think in advance a little bit more. Um, obviously, you got to go pitch by pitch, but um, it's def- definitely helpful when when you're a guy that's low in the zone that you can get something, get them sped up and, and thinking. A bit. Second inning, it looked like maybe things were going to start to go a little bit uh, haywire there with by pitch in the air. Mm-hmm. What do you have to tell yourself after those kind of things happen? Uh, it's, just, it's, it's a situation where you try to pick up the team, really. I mean, and, and myself. I mean, it's just guys are on base, and you got to do your job to keep them where they are. Like, have you gotten better that, at that over the years, working through traffic and working out of jams? It seems like you don't really panic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's definitely a process to learn, especially at this level, because if, if you do start spinning, um, which I have before, you, know, it, you can catch up to you, and, and next thing you know, you're out of the game. Have you ever seen a catcher hit a 470-foot home run off of a curveball low? <laughs> that was that was one of the, the further home runs I've seen in live. So um, he's strong. I mean, we we got a few strong guys on this team that can that have the ability to do that. And it's fun to watch. He ends up going five and two thirds, five hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. The bullpen does the rest to bring it home, but the Mariners break this one open. It was a three spot in the fifth inning as Mike Zanino goes yard, and this was a serious home run. Next offer on the way, swing and a drive deep to left field by Zanino, going and going, and this one is way out of here, into the second level. Holy smokes, Mike Zanino with a long home run, straight away left field, high above the lower deck. Wow, what a shot by Zunino, his 22nd home run of the year. That matches his career high. A tape measure home run, and the Mariners have the lead. One to nothing over the Rangers here in the top of the fifth inning, and what a blast by Zunino. That thing was destroyed. Gene Segura, too. He would go yard. Here's the stretch. And the pitch, swing and a drive, deep to left field, going and going, and this one is out of here. Goodbye baseball. Deep into the lower deck in straightaway left field. Gene Segura with his 10th home run of the year. A two-run blast with Heredia aboard. Three runs are in now in the top of the fifth inning, and the Mariners now lead the Rangers 3-0. to nothing. So the Mariners with a three-spot in the fifth inning, but then... In the seventh, they'd really break this thing wide open. A five spot in the seventh to answer one run by the Texas Rangers. As again, Mariners playing some long ball once again. 
Kyle Seeger, though, checking in with a big base hit. Here's the pitch. Swinging a soft line drive. Dropping in for a base hit into left field. Segura scores. Here comes Hanniger. He rounds third base. Is coming home. Cruz chugging to third. He's in safe. The ball gets away past third base. Caram's back behind home plate. Back towards the warning track. Diekman picks it up. Cruz is coming down. He slides in as Diekman's shovel pass to Torinos is late. Meanwhile, Seager is all the way around to third base. The Mariners cash in for three runs on a soft single into left field. And Seager has opened this game up. It's now 6-1 to one Mariners. He's now 90 feet from home. Well, we've seen quite kind of the turnaround from the offense the last couple of days. Really nice approach the nice last two nights out. Yeah, we've gotten some big hits. You know, we had a uh, you know we had a tough little stretch there where we were grinding. We we were able to you know work out, so we weren't able to get the big hits. And you know lately we've gotten those, those big hits, and that's definitely been uh, you know a very good thing. And you talk about grinding out the at bats, and that's something we've seen. We've seen it up and down the lineup, and that's when you guys are at your most successful. We have a very deep team. You know, it's really good top to bottom. You know, every single person in the lineup can beat you a different way. You know, top to bottom. So I mean, you got speed guys. You know, you got guys that you know can drive the ball to the ballpark and. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a really, really good lineup, I think. And getting a little pitching, too. Mike Leak, uh, now third time behind him. A lot of ground balls, and it works qu- pretty quickly. Looks yeah. like he's fun to work behind. He, he's been phenomenal. He attacks guys. He goes right at people. He gets a lot of ground balls. He works fast. He's, he's always on the mound, getting ready for the next pitch. I mean, he, he's an absolute professional. You know, you see him, you know, before the games, you see the, the work that he puts in. You know, he, he's, been, uh, you know he's been absolutely a blast to play behind. And a blast. Speaking of blasts, one of your teammates had two of them. Uh, Mike Zanino, that's the furthest he's hit one, the 470 feet. Uh, what have you seen from him of late? That's a pretty good one. I've never seen anybody hit it up there before, so that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good poke. And then go to right center. I mean, that's that's special. The kid, the kid is absolutely special. You know, he, he can do things, you know, offensively and defensively that not a lot of people can do. And you know, you're talking about that much power out of a catcher. You know, that's pretty special. 16 games to go. What's the mindset right now? I would game at a time. You know, we know where we're at. We know who's ahead of us. But, you know, we can control what we can control. If we go out there and, you know, play like this, you know, if we bring it 16 games, then, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be in a good position. Well, good one tonight. Thank you, Kyle. Absolutely. Thank you. And then Mike Zanino does it again. Zanino, a 470-foot homer earlier. The next pitch. He swings, pelts this out to center field. This is torched. It is up. It is gone. Destroyed inside the Rangers' bullpen in right center field. Congratulations, Mike Zanino. Have yourself a night and a memorable one at that here in Arlington, Texas. Mike Zanino now with 23 home runs, a new single-season best. It's a multi-homer night for Mike Zanino, who has made it now 8-1 8-1 Mariners. We've been finding some stuff lately, but uh, it's nice to have a reference point to get back to, and it, it's sort of let the let the awkward phases of in the box shorten up some. And I was just able to get a good pitch to hit. Felt better today, and uh, just able to barrel up a few balls. Like that seemed kind of low, though. It was a breaking ball. It seemed kind of lunged at it and just kind of got a barrel to it, though, didn't you? Yeah, I mean that's the one thing that I've really been working on is, is keeping that path through the zone and. Uh, so it was a breaking ball that I feel like I started up and I was able to put a good pass on it and uh, just drive it that way. The opposite field shot, too, I mean, going both ways. Got yeah, to me, that's just, I mean, keeping my path. And that's one thing is I always want to be on time to hit the heater. And uh, I mean, if I could use the big part of the field for the most part and then, like, the breaking ball, be able to pull it. I mean, that's what keeps my path in the, the zone the longest. And uh, just able to get some good pitches to hit. So your longest home run of your career, the second longest was also off of Perez. Is there any reason for that? No. Pure luck probably. 
just one of those things you just get good pitches to hit and I mean who knows how accurate that thing is too. You guys were, weren't doing much against him for four innings though. That seemed to, that home run kind of seemed to wake you guys up and get kind of going. I mean, he's been throwing the ball extremely well and um, I, he threw me more breaking balls than usual. Uh, maybe that was from how Hamels threw me. But uh, I mean, it's one of those things where we just had to grind him out. He's been throwing the ball extremely well. Uh, he's got great stuff, and, and we were able to put good at bats against him. A couple, couple big wins here, right? Good things. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's obviously that urgency that set in. I mean, obviously we're we're running out of time, and, and there's only a few games left. So we want to come together and play as well as we can. And I mean, the guys have been doing that. Our pitching's been great. I mean, that really starts it off for us, and we've been able to back those guys up. At least tonight, he's been it's been really good for you guys. Yeah, and a little bit different than his other outings. I mean, I didn't use as much of the slider and stuff, so it was good to see him use that sinker in the bottom of the zone, get a lot of ground balls, and just work the fastball back and forth. That guy doesn't seem to panic. <laughs> no, no. he's uh, He's got a lot of time under his belt, and it's one of those things where you, you really see that I think he's a, uh, a great presence to have here for our young pitchers and a lot of guys that uh, can really look up to him and sort of see how he throws and, and learn from him. Big day for Mike Zanino. 8-1, to one, the Mariners beat the Texas Rangers. They pulled a 500, now 73-73. and 73. They passed the Texas Rangers. Big, big night offensively. Zanino walks twice, homers twice, and he's putting together quite the year. You look at his numbers compared to other catchers in the big leagues, he's having one of the best seasons in the big leagues when you combine offense, defense, everything else. He has been outstanding this year. Here's Scott Service, his thoughts on the win. How about I start with Mike Leake? Okay. It's about pitching, and uh, Mike Leake's been outstanding. He really threw the ball well tonight. Um, you know, good sinker, really good cutter. Uh, a lot of you know, balls on the ground, which is great to see, and, and uh, the key for us tonight was, was certainly you know, Leake getting us you know, deep in the game. Perez was throwing the ball outstanding, and he's been one of the hottest pitchers in the league here over the last six, seven starts. So we knew it was going to be tight, and we pitched right with him And then until we got a couple big hits, and then we'll talk about Mike Sanino. Wow. <laughs> uh, great, great, great night for Z. You know, killed the ball on the upper deck, another ball to right center. Um, you know, we needed it. We needed to get something going. But, you know, Z stepped up. Big home run by Segura. Uh, Love the single that Seager flipped out there to left field. That, that's that's winning baseball. Just take what they give you. Uh, we needed a big knock there, and, and he came through. And Hanniger again. So a lot of guys chipping in. That's why we're putting you know big points up there, uh, putting big innings together, and it's been great to see. Leak in that second inning, uh, things are starting to go sideways. They hit by pitch, and then the air, but then it just didn't seem like anything rattled them at all. But Mike continues to make pitches. You know, when you can sink the ball and keep it on the ground, you know, he got the little roll over to first base, second, third, and he got out of the inning, you know, after that. Uh, so, uh, again, he's a pro. You know, he doesn't really panic. He looks out, things are what's working for him on that particular night, and then he makes adjustments as the games go along. So, uh, you know, I thought he was kind of up against it there in the sixth. Time to go. Pazos was great coming out of the pen again, and you know, he didn't face too many guys tonight, so hopefully he's available tomorrow. You uh, spoke about uh, Mike Sanino and his gap-to-gap home runs. Uh, the thing about it is he's doing this with a lot less at-bats, and he set a new career high with the home runs. It's a productive at-bats. Now, Mike's got a whole new approach. I think everybody's seen the adjustments he's made physically with his swing, but approach-wise, too. It was great to see he took a couple walks tonight, you know, waiting for his pitch, and then when he gets it, you know, putting a good swing on it. So, and everybody knows the ability he has when he does square the ball up. Good things usually happen. Got a 470 feet on a curveball where he's kind of lunging at it. I mean, how strong is this? He really is. He's got big time power. You know, you see him batting practice every day. Uh, the thing that's nice though is he's not trying to hit home runs. He's just trying to make good contact, just square it up. And uh, you know, 
curveball was down. It's not a tip, uh, typically a pitch you see, you know, get hammered like that. But you know, Mike's a good low ball hitter. Put a good swing on it. Um, he's in a really good spot right now, and just you know, keep him right there. Hopefully, you know, through the remainder of the season. As a former catcher, I imagine you got to be pretty impressed. He's thrown out six of the last thirteen base runners as well. He's made very good adjustments there. It's something he worked on um, probably about a month, month and a half ago, trying to shorten up his steps and his release. And the accuracy is the key. He's been very accurate. Um, that's how you throw guys out. You know, our pitchers are giving him a chance for the most part, and he isn't trying to do too much. Scott, did you feel like the, if Mike started to make contact more consistently, that the home runs would still be there? You know, just by nature of how strong he is. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's just about you know having good at bats, and you, you can't do anything if you miss it. You know, and and he was at a point earlier in the year he was missing a lot of pitches in the strike zone, and you can't survive in this league. And uh, credit to him and, and our minor league people and. You know, bro and Edgar kind of putting a plan together and, and then riding it out. But ultimately, the player has to buy into it. And, and Mike has, you know, he's got great results, and I'm sure he's going to stick with it for a while. Can you take us through the Robbie thing? Uh, he didn't think he swung, and the umpire thought he did. Uh, you know, I just thought it was pretty quick to throw throw him out of the game there. Robbie isn't showing him up or anything, and you know, you got to have a you know, little bit better feel. Certainly didn't want to lose Cano at that point in the game. Uh, you know, Sieg picked us up with a big hit. We put some points up there after that, so it wasn't that big a deal. But, you know, 3-1, to one, you hate to lose probably your best player. And, you know, I wasn't real happy with it either. To have the ground ball guy, it's kind of a different pace. He's got the ball and go, putting his defense to work. I mean, how much does that keep them involved in just kind of a different tone? Well, it's very team. much, very different uh, for our club. You know, the last couple of years we've been driven by fly ball guys for the most part. Uh, and it's nice to have a guy just attacking all the time. And he, He's got weapons at the bottom of the strike zone. He gets him in swing mode and you know, keeps it on the ground. Our defense has been pretty solid behind him. But uh, we like it. like the pace and what he pitches at out there. Our guys are on their toes. They're ready to go. Really a pretty big moment in positives there. Yeah, James has really thrown the ball well the last couple nights. Uh, you know, he's had uh, he's had a good season. You know, I think people look at, you know, he's hit bumpy road here or there. But for the most part, um, he's, he's stayed healthy all year. He's been available. Uh, the stuff is still good. He takes good care of his body, and he's getting some results right now. At a key point, we're going to need him there down the stretch. You talk about results. So you moved ahead of two teams in, a, in the wild card race today. What's the importance there? It's pretty important. We got 16 games to go. They're all important, and, and you know, but we really got to focus on what we can do and how we compete and how we attack the rest of this road trip. It's a really, really important time of the year. Our guys have busted their tail all year to put themselves in a position to play meaningful games, and, and we are. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to stay aggressive and stay after it and see what happens. How much does approach play into that? You mentioned good meeting yesterday, good attack of the pitcher, and it seems like there's maybe a little more patience to stay with that when uh, you get those results. I think our urgency is there, and it needs to be there. We're at that point in the season. You know, it's been a while. Uh, since the Mariners have been in the playoffs, we're well aware of that. Uh, our players know that. You know, they want to finish on a high note here. they still got plenty left in the tank, and the last couple nights has been very good. So now, happy Felix Day. It's been a long time. Felix Hernandez gets the ball. We'll see how long he can go in this one. The bullpen, of course, will be used in this one. It's been a long time since Felix has been on the hill. Andrew Kashner will go for the Texas Rangers. Kashner this year, 9-9. Nine with a 3.19 ERA, 146 innings thrown. He's only fanned 78 in that time frame. But he's given uh, Texas some really good innings this year. His last start came against the Yankees on September 9th, went seven innings, allowing just one run. In fact, his last three starts, one run against the Yankees, start before that, one run against Atlanta, Start before that against the Astros. Just one run in eight innings of work. So just four earned runs in his past three starts. 
and he's taken the ball deep into ball games. So Mariners with their work cut out for him. Their offense is really humming right now, and we'll see what Felix can give him. Five and four with a four two eight ERA as Felix takes the ball tonight for the first time in a long time. You remember the last start for Felix Hernandez came back on July 31st, and it was in Texas against the Rangers. Gave up four runs in five and a third innings his last time out. So he'll take the mound tonight. The Mariners desperate to get this series win and try and gain some ground on the Minnesota Twins and also keep the teams behind them buried as well. So big, big game starting tonight. Let's hear from Val, Dave Valley. Chance to visit with former Mariner catcher Dave Valley, current Mariner broadcaster who was with us on radio and television for a long time, and now Val pre- and post-game shows on uh, Root Sports. Val, let's go back a number of years ago. What are your fondest memories of being a Seattle Mariner? Rick, I've got so many of them because when I first signed with the Seattle Mariners, I was only 17 years old. I was just a teenager, uh, didn't know anything about anything. So it was those formative years of being in the minor leagues, growing up as a young man, understanding my responsibility to my craft, to the, my profession. Just so many incredible kind of, I call them like stones of remembrance where, you know, tipping points and turning points in my life signing with the Mariners at the age of 17 coming to Seattle from New York City. As I look back on my life, I just think of the different pathways that it could have gone differently. I'm so glad I'm still here. What was it like going from New York City to Bellingham, Washington? It was uh, it was interesting because I remember I flew to Seattle and then I had to take a little puddle jumper up to, up to Bellingham. You know, I think after it was two weeks, I probably had like I remember my first game, I went three for four. I was young, arrogant, cocky, <laughs> and I'm thinking, gosh, this is going to be easy. I'll, I'll probably be in C- back playing in the Yankee Stadium next year. And uh, I think it was about a, another two weeks of offers, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, maybe I don't know if I like this baseball stuff so much. But, you know, you persevere, you battle, you grind, you get better. It was a slow process for me, though, because I was only 17. You put in the work. And like so many uh, young baseball players, their dream came true. And for you, it came true. You came up to the big leagues with the Mariners. And I remember you telling me a story about, I think it was you and Harold get called up to the Mariners, ball clubs in Kansas City, the Adams Mark Hotel across the highway, the freeway from Kauffman Stadium. What did you see out of your hotel window? You know, I remember Harold and I, uh, we got there late at night and we checked into the room and uh, we got to our room and we opened up the curtains. And Adams Mark was straight away center field right across I-70 and when we opened up the curtains Kauffman Stadium was still lit up at nighttime and it was just felt so surreal you know finally getting to the big leagues you dreamt about it when you were six years old that I'm going to be a big leaguer and having gone through all the difficulties you know the development the ups and the downs and the failures and the successes to finally be there it was really a, a magical moment for me and I remember the next day Harold and I we, we couldn't really sleep real well because we were so excited we got to the ballpark like I think like 12 o'clock <laughs> and uh, we get there and the security like who, who are you guys and we're like our name should be on the, there somewhere where we're the Seattle Mariners so we had to talk our way in because really? the guy didn't believe that we were big leaguers and I remember still walking into the locker room searching for my uniform with my name on the back of it and it was almost like the heavens open and the light shone down <laughs> on my jersey not that's my that's my big league jersey oh. it was incredible how cool was that all right now you're in kansas city and you come to the kingdom you get a chance to play in the kingdom what about one of your first at bats in the kingdom what was that like for you it was bases loaded 
And I remember being really nervous. And I went up there saying, if I see the first pitch I see, I'm swinging. <laughs> and I did, and I popped it up and quickly went back and sat back down. You know, the kingdom, I didn't re- realize that for t- the next 10 years it was going to be my home. So uh, it was something that I think all of us, all of us young players, Harold and Alvin Davis and Mark Langston, we just kind of embraced Seattle and the kingdom as our home. Tell us about the group that you came up with, visiting with Dave Valley here on our Mariners 40th anniversary uh, interviews, because we watched you kids come through the organization. The team you had at Double H Chattanooga was mm. filled with future major leaguers, yes. weren't they? You know, I, I look back at that team. So uh, I was catching. Alvin Davis was at first. Danny Tartable was at second. Darnell Coles was at short. Jimmy Presley was at third. Yvonne Calderon was our center fielder. And Mark Langston was our starting pitcher. Wow. So we had nine guys who eventually became everyday major league players. Yeah. And significant players. I mean, all-star players and rookie of the year and rookie pitchers of the year and gold glove winners. I don't think we really recognized it at that time because, you know, we're riding buses all over the south from Chattanooga to Birmingham. Those are the times that you kind of really knit you together as friends, teammates. You know, we all became husbands during that time. We all became dads at that time. So we shared a lot of common, common things, life things that to this day, when I see when I see those guys, I feel like they're my brothers. How about your first home run in the big leagues? Tell us a bit about that. Chicago White Sox, Kingdom. Remember the uh, the ship out there in left center field? Oh, yeah. Uh, I hit the ship. The USS US. Mariner. Yes, sir. Lamar Hoyt. He was a Cy Young winner the year before. Got up against Lamar in uh, in '84 and hit hit it out to left center field. I still have I still I think I still have uh, the call because Kevin Crimmen, the great engine producer engineer, uh, cut it for me and uh, saved it. You still have the baseball? I do, I do. And then Mr. Valley became a part of us up here in the broadcast mm-hmm. booth. You were with us for many many years broadcasting alongside Dave Niehaus. How did how did that happen for you? The, the first time uh, that I did any kind of broadcast was uh, Randy Adamack called me up. One of Red's kids was graduating from college. And he said, hey, Val, would you be interested in going back to New York and doing some of the broadcast? I'm like, let me see. Uh, go back to New York City, see my family, call a game at Yankee Stadium, and come back. Yeah, I think I could do that. So I did that. And then uh, a- after that first game, he said, hey, would, it, you know, w- would you be interested in pursuing this, you know, maybe next year or something or whenever we need? So I said, absolutely, I'd be interested in doing it, staying a part of the game, part of the Seattle Mariners. And the next year, I think I ended up doing about 40 games and then incrementally grew. And, you know, here, I, here we are 20 years later. It's my 20th year broadcasting. Wow. Can you believe that? What was it like working along- alongside Dave Niehaus? Interesting. <laughs> Dave was a special guy, as you know. Being able to sit next to him being able to sit next to you and have you guys teach me and help me understand what my job was as a broadcaster as a color broadcaster you know to bring some insight uh, was such an incredible honor and privilege to be able to sit next to you guys I tell you what Val it was a privilege and an honor for you to be up in the booth all those years and you're still on the pre and post game shows and you help us out too uh, on radio it's always nice to talk with you guys and talk about the past of this franchise because you can't go forward unless you understand what happened many many years ago and you were such a big part of that all all those young players that came up in the early 1980s val thanks a lot for the visit buddy always my pleasure my brother thank you and the one strike pitch to val a fastball swung on and belted deep to left center field and this will fly away (laughs) over the uss mariner and that was almost back into the red seats that has to be about 455 feet. 
That was longer than Ken Griffey's. It was 4.51. Three to nothing. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.